0: Welcome to Season 5 of District of Conservation. I'm so glad you joined in listening today. If you don't know me, my name is Gabriella Hoffman, and I'm the host of this podcast. I launched this podcast four years ago, recognizing a deficit in conservation policy and also a woman's perspective on the sport, and also wanting to bring new voices onto a podcasting format or a venue like this and identifying newsmakers as they're starting to make their rise throughout the industry. I think I have a good eye for pointing out people who have great potential. I can't claim credit for their success, but I like identifying people who I think have a potential to be newsmakers and leave a positive impact. And if we can be a vehicle for that and get people wider eyes on their work and efforts That's what we'd like to do here and we like to bring on people who are often not represented on conservation policy or politicians who may not get a fair shake from typical formats like this so we bring on people and we're not afraid to talk about conservation having some alignment with political conservatism i'm a conservative sometimes i'll throw some red meat out there on the podcast to communicate that these two philosophies are not at odds with each other, but this is not a political podcast in the traditional sense. Some people like the Huffington Post have tried to say that this is just a conservative podcast. We are well beyond that. This is not just, you know, one partisan podcast over the other. And if I throw the occasional bone to conservatism, that's totally fine. But I'm honest about it. I'm not hiding my credentials like some people in conservation do when they pretend to be neutral and impartial, and they're not, and they actually promote preservationist thinking that largely aligns with leftist political thought. We don't do that here. I have sat down over the course of the four years of doing this with people who disagree with me. Although, given how partisan everything is today, it's very hard to sit down with Democrats, especially in this space, most of the time, especially elected officials because they're set in their ways they don't want to talk to conservatives because they don't really have much to agree with although I think there are people in the grassroots who do have an appetite for debate but as long as they don't incline to preservationist thinking I think we could sit down with more people so maybe we'll make that a goal to sit down with people who may not totally agree with the podcast and maybe be able to come together over one issue one particular set of issues but I have you know, found some issues where I can agree with people who disagree with me politically. National parks are usually one, promoting general conservation practices, safeguarding Pittman-Robertson, which is something we've been doing a lot here on the podcast. So that's kind of what the theme is in a nutshell, but I want to lay out for you what we're going to accomplish this season of the podcast. Stay with me. Who are some guests I'm going to be featuring on the show this season? In the short term, I can kind of give you guys a glimpse into some of our upcoming roster because I can't really predict who's going to be on the show within a year, even six months, even three months is too early to tell, too premature to list off. But I can say confidently over the next few months, especially through November, I have a tentative idea as to who will be welcoming. I've been in conversations with a lot of people, some newsmakers from the Trump administration. I'm in talks with different members of the Yunkin administration who work in forestry, agriculture, and natural resources. So there are some people I think you guys will be interested by, but I could list off a few names of people I'm in talks with who have expressed interest in coming onto District of Conservation. I think in the more immediate future, we're going to have Sue Tidwell who is a fellow Professional Outdoor Media Association member. She has won several awards for her award now award-winning book, Cries of the Savannah. I am still in the process of finishing her book, but I've really enjoyed reading it so far. But she'll be one of the guests we will have first on this new season of District of Conservation. I alluded to some people from the previous administration. I'm in talks to have former Fish and Wildlife Service director, who doesn't get a lot of credit for her work, Aurelia Skipwith who is now leading a new organization that has some ties to Theodore Roosevelt. It's a new kind of Theodore Roosevelt aligned organization, and they're doing some interesting conservation projects. I've wanted to talk to her for the longest time, and we connected, and I've been talking to her staff. So I think you'll find her remarks to be interesting whenever we begin to talk. But I think sometime later in October, November, you will hear a podcast interview with her. So if you're listening, that's a cool little teaser I want to present. Like I said, I will hopefully be sitting down with some members of the Yunkin administration and hopefully the governor, LG, maybe the AG at some point too, but some of their cabinet members who've expressed interest to me to sit down and talk about their work on the conservation side would be Secretary Matt Lohr. He is in charge of the Forestry and Agriculture Department. Agriculture is the number one private sector industry in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And Virginia, much like other eastern states, does manage forests really well. So I want to hear an update from him. And hopefully I'll get to sit down with him in Richmond. I should be going to Richmond sometime in the coming months. So he has expressed interest to come on. I've also talked to Acting Natural Resources Secretary Travis Voiles. He took over from Andrew Wheeler, who was supposed to be confirmed, but Democrats in Virginia hijacked his appointment. They rejected it. They used some rare tools in Senate confirmation to forbid him from being in that position. So Travis took over. And is going to be in that position, I guess, for the foreseeable future until they confirm. Although this week there is a special session, so I don't know if he will be fully confirmed to the cabinet position or if he's a placeholder. But we'll have someone from the uh, Department of Conservation and Historical Resources from Virginia to come on. I think hopefully Travis or whoever succeeds him if he's only just the acting secretary. We'll be talking to more newsmakers as well. But I also think it would be good, like I said, to get into the mind of state conservation administrators, people who work in environment, conservation more directly, forestry, people who oversee the departments for hunting and fishing. I would actually like to sit down with people from my state wildlife agency more. I've been in talks before, uh, but now that there is a friendlier administration, perhaps I can actually sit down a bit. Maybe there's an opportunity to sit down with other state wildlife agencies and biologists. I think that's always interesting to get the perspective of wildlife biologists and maybe even from those out West, because they're dealing with kind of this encroachment of management from the federal government, whether it's gray wolves, grizzly bears, or even the Gila trout, Arizona. I learned about that, how sometimes the government, federal government can be an obstacle to managing trout species because they want to come in and dictate to the States that they have to manage let's say gila trout like this, but actually the state has a different plan, a more workable plan than the feds. So we'll hopefully talk to some people doing that. And I'm trying to think what else I have for you guys as what you can expect on this. We'll probably have some more newsmakers. I've been in touch with people I know from politics, people who hunt and fish. I think it would be really cool to bring on more mainstream folks or people from politics to talk about why they hunt and fish and why they want to see these traditions continue. Also, shooting sports as well. We're going to not shy away from the debate over gun restrictions and infringements on the Second Amendment. I think to be a true conservationist, you do have to recognize the importance of the Second Amendment. That's what we fully advocate for here because of the connection between excise taxes collected on guns and ammunition, licenses, and other equipment, sporting equipment, and how that overwhelmingly funds conservation under the model through which Pittman Robertson Act funds were administered and dispersed since 1937. We'll continue to cover legislation, of course. This week, tomorrow in particular, I will have a podcast dedicated to this bizarre rule from the U.S. Department of Agriculture about them forbidding the import of harvested game, particularly goose and ducks, from Canada to the United States. I was informed by some friends in the duck conservation space that this rule was previously not going to go into effect now they changed their mind and said that they would proceed with this i see this as an attack on hunting they say it's because of the avian flu while it is a serious condition it hasn't you know prevented people from bringing harvested game before are they making a crisis out of nothing is this viewed should this rather be viewed as an attack on your right to hunt and fish Is this something Canada is doing? And then the USDA, Biden's USDA is matching up with policy. We'll assess all of those tenants tomorrow on the show. But given the trends of where we're seeing this administration going, working behind closed doors to settle with preservationist groups like Center for Biological Diversity, I see things in a more sinister light. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be an infringement on hunting. It's not rooted in science from my initial examination into it. But We're going to talk about stuff like this because there are lots of rules that are made, especially under the Biden administration, that make no sense for conservation. They're rooted in preservationist thinking with respect to environmentalism. And they only take the opinions of few stakeholders and they don't listen to the vast majority of stakeholders who say preserve hunting, preserve fishing, don't restrict our ability to go on public lands, don't restrict our ability to hunt and fish So we will continue to champion that idea throughout this season and succeeding seasons. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms you want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.